Good morning, and welcome to Drawing the Morning. This is Stuart McClellan, the pastor of the Altoona Bible Church. We are conveniently located at Union Avenue and 31st Street on Route 36, the Columbia Park section of Altoona. We hope that this broadcast will help you think on the things of the Lord as you prepare your heart for ministry among the saints today. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with the song entitled Heavenly Love.
over 60 years ago in Dunlarney, Ireland. A strike came to an end. And this does not sound like an important news item, but it happened to be the world's longest strike, having lasted 14 years. The strike was at Downey's Public House, a bar, and it started in 1939 when the owner, Pat Downey, fired a bartender. When Downey refused to rehire, the popular mixer of spirit and pickets began their marathon march. As each year passed, Downey observed the anniversary of the strike by decorating his pub with brightly colored flags and offering drinks to the picketers. Downey died in May of 1953, and striker Val Murphy put aside his sandwich board and walked into the pub to offer his sympathy to the widow. Thus ended the longest strike in history. But actually, the longest strike of all is the sit-down strike of believers. Those who sit down and do nothing to win others to the Lord. They do not ask the unsaved to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and to be saved. How many tongues have been on strike longer than 14 years? They sing or rescue the perishing, yet have done nothing to rescue work. A true story is told of a missionary work in China. A blind Chinese man was taken to a mission hospital. The doctor operated and removed the cataracts from his eyes. The Chinese man went back to his home, seeing and rejoicing. In a few weeks, he was back at the hospital. This time, he was holding the end of a long rope to which 40 blind people were clinging. He had led them to the place where he had received his sight. Surely we should not do less with the message of salvation. Some years ago, a great street demonstration was held in New York City in which 12,000 people marched behind cars that were packed with men, women, and children. In one car was a judge of the Court of Appeals. In another was a ragged street boy. On the sides of the cars was a sign that read, These people all have been saved from burning buildings by New York firemen. Then immediately behind the cars marched the men who had saved those lives, wearing their medals, followed by other members of the fire department. As the heroes passed, hundreds of thousands along the way cheered themselves hoarse. Naturally, those courageous men who have braved flame and smoke to rescue lives must have been thrilled to know that they had the privilege to do so. But stop and think of the eternal joy that will thrill the hearts of those believers who, disregarding the personal consequences, have spent their lives pulling men out of the fire of hell by telling them of salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. What about you? Will you know the joy of seeing those in heaven who are there because of your witness to them? How many souls will you see as a result of your efforts when you meet the Savior? Listen now as Larry Grable sings this beautiful song, All My Life. Whether I should gain or lose 
still I choose to live my life Every moment all for Thee Walking oh so close to Thee While I'm learning every day Come what may to trust in doubt that hides thy perfect will. Give me faith instead, and with thy spirit fill, then all my days be the guardian of my ways, and I'll know the glory of that hides thy perfect will. Give me faith instead, and with thy spirit fill, and all my days be the guardian of my ways, and I'll know the glory of all thy love You are listening to Join the Morning, which is presented each Sunday at the Altoona Bible Church. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30. Then at 10.45, we all gather in the main auditorium for a morning worship service. We invite you to listen or watch our church services. Our services are on Facebook at Sunday at 11 o'clock and 7 p.m. and Wednesday night at 7.15 p.m. We invite you to visit our website at www.altoonabible.org. Also, we're on the Johnstown and Altoona Access Channels 9 and 14. And there are services available on the local radio stations on Sunday at 11 o'clock, 12 noon, and 7 p.m. If you have any questions concerning our church services, please call the church office at 942-2131. Listen now as Jesse Nagel plays for us on the flute this beautiful song entitled, For the Beauty of the Earth.
a missionary home on furlough from India happened to come across a short news item that caught her eye. The president of a leading trust company in New York recently told a press conference that his company, the largest buyer of human hair, had discovered that Indian hair was the best in texture and quality. An order had been placed with certain people in India to commence the shipment of the processed hair wigs worth about $22 million to the U.S. To anyone knowing the Indian woman's pride in her long black hair, it seemed that the newspaper reporter must be mistaken. The missionary couldn't imagine that any woman would consent to the cutting of her crown of glory for mere money. Even someone who was desperately poor wouldn't sell it. Not for greed or poverty would a family ask that of its women. There had been stories of hair being cut from dead bodies, but that would be very rare, as none would allow the corpse of a woman or family to be dishonored. The missionary thought the reporter must be exaggerating. They would never get enough hair to export for all the wigs and wiglets and falls used in the States. But the answer came to the missionary. What a woman would not do for money, she would do for love. She remembered her own next-door Indian neighbor as she stood before her one day with short, wavy hair. For several weeks, while her hair was growing, she kept inside her home ashamed of her short, shorn head. The missionary asked, Who cut your hair? Why did you do it? Then the Indian woman told the story of her husband, who was an epileptic. He had sought many cures from native medicine and religious rites to God and goddesses. None of them helped. So the wife made a pilgrimage to a large temple in South India. To secure healing for her husband, she allowed the priest to cut her hair and to give it to the idol. Of course, Her return home found her husband the same as before. This sad story was confirmed by another article from New Delhi. India will, for the first time, export 50 tons of processed human hair wigs worth about 170 million rubles over a period of seven years to the U.S. The main supplier of the hair will be Tripathi and Palani temples. From how many devout heads will that be offered as a gift to the God of the temple? We know that the true God sent His Son to die for our sins and requires only faith in Him. Listen now as John and Penny Harris sing this beautiful song entitled, My Father and I.
Once again, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, our doors will be open here at the Altoona Bible Church. Time now for our Bible study portion for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is rightly dividing the word of truth, law or grace. Romans chapter 6, verses 14 and verse 15. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Last week we began a study on law or grace. It cannot be law and grace, but clearly it is law or grace. We defined and gave some important biblical doctrines and teaching concerning the dispensational law and the law of Moses. Today we are currently living in the dispensation of God's grace, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 2. It does not mean that God did not have the attribute of grace in the Old Testament and demonstrated it because he did. However, today it's the dispensation of all grace. The word dispensation means house law. Dispensation is a biblical word. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 10, Colossians 1 25. Webster's dictionary definition of dispensation is a dispensing or giving out. Anything dispensed or distributed. Charles Ryrie defined dispensation as a distinguishable economy in the outworking of God's purpose. Lewis Burry Schaefer, a specific divine economy, a commitment from God to man of a responsibility to discharge that which God hath appointed him. Just think of it this way. From Adam to Moses, Romans chapter 5 verse 13 and verse 14, there was no law. Galatians 3.19 tells us why the law was added, yet Ephesians 2.15 and Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 tells us that the law was abolished. No law, law added, law abolished. God did not change in relationship to his divine attributes, but to his dealings with mankind. So it does not mean God changes, or in the case of grace, that he all of a sudden became gracious. God does not change in relationship with his divine attributes, but his dealings with mankind have changed. Today, God is working with man based on the principles of all grace, and not based upon the principles and the precepts of the law. The dispensation of grace was a mystery, a secret, until it was revealed to the Apostle Paul. It was not revealed by the Lord Jesus Christ during his earthly ministry, nor was it revealed by the twelve apostles. The covenants of God with Abraham, the land, David, the throne, and the new covenant are not being fulfilled in the present dispensation of grace. These covenants, including the Mosaic covenant, have been blinded and set aside with Israel. The Abrahamic, the Davidic, and the new covenants will be fulfilled through the Lord Jesus Christ in the coming millennial kingdom reign of Christ. Colossians chapter 1 verse 25, whereof I made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which has been hid from ages from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. The dispensation of grace came in as an interrupted uh, to the ministry of Peter and the apostles to Israel. The dispensation of grace is a divine parenthesis around the program of Israel. God gradually revealed to the Apostle Paul what is referred to as the mystery, a body of truth for the dispensation of grace. The word mystery means a secret, nothing dark or mysterious, just a secret. 
The dispensation of grace was a mystery, a secret hid with God. It was never revealed to the apostles, to the prophets, nor the Lord Jesus Christ during his earthly ministry. They did not reveal any truth upon the mystery. The mystery is not that Gentiles should be saved. The mystery is that Jew and Gentile should be joint heirs in the body, in one body, in the body of Christ, and that the Lord Jesus Christ is head over the church, the body of Christ. The establishment in Genesis of the church, the body of Christ, did not begin in the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, as it is so often assumed. The Genesis, the beginning of the church, the body of Christ, is with Acts 13, the blinding of Bar-Jesus, and you have Sergius Paulus the Gentile. William Newell, a noted theologian, said these words, You can judge any man's preaching or teaching by this rule, is he Pauline? Does his doctrine start and finish with according to the statements of Christian doctrine uttered by the Apostle Paul? No matter how wonderful a man may seem in his gifts and apparent consecration, if his gospel is not Pauline, it is not the gospel, and we might as well get our minds settled at once. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. God's grace saves us, verse 11. God's grace teaches us, verse 12. It instructs us on how we are to live. The three words, soberly, righteously, and godly, represent the threefold aspect of the law, the self, to other, and to God. What the law could not do because it was weak through the flesh, God's grace provides. God's grace teaches us how that we should be living for the Lord Jesus Christ. For some, if you talk about God's grace and living by God's grace, they believe and insist that you're teaching it does not matter how you should live for the Lord. This is completely false and a total mischaracter of belief. It is God's grace and not any laws which teach us how we should be living for Lord Jesus Christ. Read Romans chapter 6, verse 14 and verse 15, and read Romans 6, 1, where questions are raised and the answer is what? God forbid, may it never be. God's grace teaches us how we should be living, and it's by God's grace that God saves us today in the dispensation of grace and that we can live for Him. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 says, For you are all the children of God by faith, in Christ Jesus. Do you know the Lord is your personal Savior? Salvation is not by works. It's not by trying religious activity. It's by faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe on Him right now, right where you're at, before it's eternally too late. And for we who are Christians, we need to keep studying God's Word. been listening to Join the Morning from the Altoona Bible Church. We trust that you've received a real spiritual blessing from this broadcast. It is our prayerful desire that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. So until we meet again by radio, this is Pastor Stuart McClellan wishing you God's best for now and for eternity.
Lord Jesus is my name.